Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 415, with the new Secure Act 2.0 rules regarding retirement savings contributions, should your company match go into the traditional 401k or the Roth 401k? Joe and Big Al also discuss whether you can or should do Roth conversions when your company fails non-discrimination testing for highly compensated employees, the mega backdoor Roth versus the employee stock purchase plan, and they spitball a tax arbitrage strategy. Plus, a retirement spitball for a 37-year-old couple wanting to retire in their 60s and another couple wanting to fire financial independence, retire early, but are they screwing up and creating a huge future tax bill? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Uh, Joe and Big Al, uh, thank you for continuing to make my walks along the mighty Mississippi enjoyable and educational. I drive a 2015 Toyota Sequoia, have no pets, and I'm single. Surly Brewing Company, Hell Lager. In Controlled Chaos, West Coast IPA, are the local brews on rotation in my basement fridge. Ooh, now that's getting interesting. Um, all right, a little basement fridge. Yeah. Midwest guy. Sure. Curious to hear your take on a particular aspect of the Secure 2.0 Act related to the 401k employer match. It's my understanding that under the Secure 2.0 Act, uh, and effective in 2023, individuals can choose to have employer matching contributions directed to their Roth workplace accounts. It is also my understanding these matching contributions will be considered taxable income in the year of the contribution and at the employee's current tax rate. Questions. Uh, shouldn't an employee have the company match placed in the Roth 401k versus traditional 401k portion regardless of the employee's current tax bracket? Any scenario in that an employee should not have the employer match portion directed to the Roth workplace account. May I suggest you dedicate a few shows to enlighten us, mere mortals, about the nuances of the Secure 2.0 Act and how it might affect an individual's personal finance situation. Andy, continue success in keeping Joe and Big Al real and in check. Thank you again for an awesome spitball insights. Cheers. A few shows now, not just one. Right. Um, so you want to do a few shows on that? No. <laughs> I think we did like a, a we segment. Could, we yep. could, uh, you know what? You could read uh, Michael Kitz's 30-page uh, <laughs> 30 summary. Page, yeah. Um, when, did, did that release yet? Our... Yeah, there is a, a webinar and a white paper available. It's got all the details about the Secure Act. Well, not so all it, of them because it's huge. There's a lot of the major details are covered on our website. No, so you can so find you'll, that you'll in the learning that, session. Yeah, yeah, you put that in the show notes too, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we're doing a TV show on that soon as well. Um, but no. So yeah, you will be doing a few shows. Yeah, there. Yeah, I, I guess suppose. we already have. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess to answer his question, um, no, you, you you still want to take a look at your tax bracket, right? Yeah. Because it's going to be tax as income to you That's if right. you take the Roth, you know, portion. Uh, but yeah, I would say in most cases, but it's going to be three years before most employers figure this stuff out, I, where you're going to be e even able to use the Roth match component. Yeah. So let's let's back up one second. So you have a 401k. And typically your employer offers some kind of match, maybe first 3% of your salary, right? They match 3%, blah, 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 as long as you're contributing, 
Okay. So, um, and in the past, it's always been a, a pre-tax contribution, meaning that when you withdraw that money later on, it's fully taxable, right? So now what the Secure 2.0 Act says is, you know what, you can elect to have your employer uh, match, right? Or profit share, whatever you want to call it. You could put, you could put that into the Roth which is great, except that you have to include that as income. So I think I would, here's how I would think about it. If you would normally do a Roth conversion in this tax year because of your tax brackets, then this is a great idea. If you would not do a Roth conversion, then don't do it. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. Right. You know, the reason why um, they they didn't do this before is that employers got a tax deduction for putting the money into the match. Right. So you're an employee of mine. I'm going to match you a couple of bucks. So maybe I put $5,000 or a couple thousand dollars into the 401k. I can write that off on my corporate tax return. Right. And then now they're, and then people kind of got, well, I, I want a Roth portion of the match. Okay. I'll give you the Roth portion of the match, but I'm going to include this as income. Right. All right. So you're going to pay taxes on it. Yeah, that's right. And so, now it's going to show up on your W-2. Even though you didn't get it. Even though you didn't get it. So right. you're going to have a higher taxable income. Um, and it could push you up into a higher tax bracket potentially. So you just want to be smart with it. Right? Yeah. And also realize, Joe, what you said right off the bat. So the, the Secure Act 2.0 was passed on December 23rd, 2022, eight days before the year end for the first, right? So do you think companies had enough time during Christmas uh, week to... Right figure all this out? The answer is no. Very few companies have this right now. I don't think most companies will have this by the end of the year. I I would tend to agree with you. So I, I think it's a little bit of a moot point right now. But to me, it's like, if, if a Roth conversion makes sense for you, this is the same taxation, right? Because basically, you get, you're getting money into Roth and having to pay tax on it. It's the same concept as a Roth conversion. Right, 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 right. All right. So there you have that. And then uh, stay tuned where you have more Secure Act 2.0 stuff coming your way. Go to the podcast show notes now to watch that webinar, download the Secure Act 2.0 guide, and to subscribe to the Your Money, Your Wealth YouTube channel and newsletter. So you'll be among the first to know when that episode of YMYW TV, all about Secure 2.0 airs. You'll also find other free financial resources like our latest blog posts on 2022 in review and whether or not you should still diversify your investment portfolio right there in the podcast show notes as well. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to get there. And do us a favor and share these free resources with your friends and colleagues. Answering some uh, interesting questions here today. We got Nick writes in. He goes, hello and happy new year. Andy, Joe, Big Al. Hope all is well. This is Nick from Ohio, loyal listener of the show. I'm 48 years old, driving a Jeep Grand Cherokee. And my wife and I have Keegan in Iris Setter at home. See the picture. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that is one cute dog, I got to (laughs) say. My wife has access to additional after-tax bucket in her 401k plan. Her summary plan description describes how she can add dollars to the after-tax bucket and also convert those dollars to a Roth account internal of her plan. This is all great news on paper. Oh, boy. This guy actually reads the plan document. (laughs) It's pretty good. Uh, However, her company suggests for her not to do it and limits her dollar amount because they fail the ACP ADP non-discriminatory testing every year. Non-discrimination. Uh, so even though she's allowed to add dollars to the after-tax bucket, 
and convert to Roth internally, she has been held back by her plans fiduciary. All right. Question. If the after-tax savings bucket was allowed to be converted to a different external institution out of the plan, not internal, will those dollars still be added to the non-discrimination uh, testing total? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Since the dollars will literally be gone at different institutions, so no dollars in the after-tax bucket when they complete the test, would those dollars be omitted from the test? This would definitely be a suggestion she could take to them if you think it would help. Thanks again for all your time and everything you do. Love the show. Peace, Nick. Well, okay. L let me see if I understand this question and, and I'll have you answer it out. Okay. So she it, it appears she works probably for a small company. Right. And so what happens with the after tax or, you know, the mega board, uh, the mega back door, the, the garage door, the barn door, the Megatron. Sure. When, pe when people can put an after tax dollars into their 401k plan up to right now, I think the defined contribution limits are fifty six thousand dollars, give or take. Yeah, it's actually sixty six with the catch up. But if you take away the seventy five hundred, it's about what? Fifty nine thousand five hundred ish. Fifty eight thousand. 500 something like that so 60 grand he's 48 so they can put sixty thousand dollars into a defined contribution plan and so the first part of that contribution is just going to be in the normal 401k and then everything else can go into the plan after tax up to that limit and then you can convert those dollars because they're after tax into a roth ira that is known as the megatron or the big bad uh, garage door backdoor roth right yes that's correct Okay, but if you work for a small company, there's these testings that the, the the company has to do to see if you could do that. So Al and I work for a small company. And so they'll look and say, all right, well, can can we do after-tax contributions to that limit? Because all the big companies have that, you know, the Qualcomm's of the world, right? The, the larger organizations, because they have so many participants in that plan, it will pass the testing. But as you have smaller employees or participants, and then you have highly compensated people, then you have the rank and file, then you have this and you have part-time, you have blah, 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 blah. So they do these testings within the overall plan, plan to make it compliant. And so the fiduciary or the plan administrator of this plan is saying, yeah, that is the law, but you can't do it in this plan because it doesn't pass the smell test. And so what he's doing is like, okay, well, I don't care if it passes the smell test or not. I'm going to have my wife put the money into the plan and we'll convert it out. We're going to get the money out of that plan before they even can look at it or before the testing's even done. I think that is fine idea but i it it doesn't pass a smell test to me yeah i i don't think it works either and i will say we are not pension actuaries or so, attorneys or, or anyone <laughs> close to that <laughs> correct but in my understanding these top heavy uh testing that certain 401k plans have is based upon the benefit paid not where the money ends up so i really my strong thought about this is no, this doesn't work. It, it's it's the benefit paid. And the reason they have this rule is because they don't want companies to have all the 401k dollars or most of them go to the highest paid people. They want it to be spread out. And so if only the highest paid people have big 401k contributions, 
then they've got to put some back, right? And so that's what's going on here. The other thing I'll quickly mention is if your company has a safe harbor 401k, you don't have to worry about this because they, they you don't have to do this testing. It's a safe harbor. But this particular plan is probably not a safe harbor. So I don't think this is going to work. Right. And the reason for that real quick is that Al's in the 37% tax bracket and I'm in the 12% tax bracket, right? <laughs> and Al gets a lot more tax savings for his buck because, right, he's getting 37 cents off the dollar of every dollar he puts in while I only get 12. So they're like, okay, well, we don't want these plans really to, to tilt more towards the highly compensated. We wanted to have it a little bit more even. So um, that's where these testings come from, I think. Uh, that's we're, we're 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 talking out of our league here, Al. But I yeah. think we're pretty close. I think we're close on this one. All right, thanks for the question. Uh, got Mitch from Indiana writes in. He goes, "Hey Joe, big Al, Andy, love the show, and listen while commuting or hiking. Drive a twenty twenty two Ford Explorer. And drink of choice is Miller Lite or bourbon on the rocks." Man, why my W listeners are all bourbon drinkers? Because it's very it's interesting. Brown. So good. As it touches your lips, just uh, my question is, I fully fund my 401k and my plan allows for after tax contributions that I can convert to a Roth IRA once per year, a.k.a. the airplane hang hanger mega backdoor Roth. And now we got them. here we go. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, I like it. Uh, my company also offers a stock purchase plan that gives me a 15 percent discount on stock purchases. Uh, with a max of $25,000 in contributions per year. So far, I have only done the mega backdoor Roth, a.k.a. garage door, airplane, hangar, mega backdoor. <laughs> uh, should I divert some funds away from the after-tax contributions and participate in the company stock offering or simply stick to what I'm doing? Um, I cannot afford to max out both. I believe the total 401k contributions for 2022 is $61,000. Should I back off the mega? Um, I like not being so concentrated in one single stock with a mega backdoor and also like knowing that all the earnings will be tax-free for life with the Roth. But I do not get a discount like I would with the company stock purchase plan. Would love for you to give me a spitball on this. Thanks. Can you make an ad onto my comment? Oh. He sent a, sec a follow-up email. Oh, got it. I'm 45 years old, married. And I fully fund a family HSA plan. I'm also in the 24% tax bracket. Mitch. Okay. Thanks, Mitch. I would just keep mega, mega bag, mega back door. <laughs> I know you would. And um, I would too. <laughs> yeah. with, with one exception. And that is if I felt like my company had just an amazing track record that was about to launch into something great. Yeah, I would probably go for that. But otherwise, if I felt like our company, my company was roughly similar to the market, I that it's too much risk. I'd rather get the money to the Roth IRA and have a globally diversified fund. That's how I would think about it. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, you can't be compound tax free for life. Yeah, agreed. You're going to get a 15% discount. That's great. But then there's restrictions on when you can sell. And then you're going to get capital gain treatment. It's outside. It's in a taxable account. So depending on how you manage it, I mean, is it high dividend paying stock? Dividends come out, you pay taxes on. Where you could buy the stock potentially in the Roth, but you're not going to get it at that 15% discount. But, you know, I, I would imagine at a 15% discount, you know, it's probably a Fortune 500 company. The, the biggest bang for your buck is going to be a small startup. 
Yeah, right. That's going the right direction. Right. right. You know, yeah. that has a market cap of $2 million. Yeah. And it's <laughs> going to be a billion. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a $20 billion market cap. <laughs> then, right. I would, then, then I would buy as much stock as you could. Then you load up. Then, you're, <laughs> then you go all in. But, you know, if it's a, it's a big, giant company, you know, that's probably giving, you know, S&P 500 type returns. Um, yeah, you get it at a, a little bit of a discount, but yeah, you're going to load up. And we've talked about this before. It's like, okay, well, your income is tied to that company. Now you load up with that stock is going to be tied to that company. You know, do you have a pension that's tied to that company and everything else? Um, for me, I like the diversity. I like tax-free for life. And yeah, maybe as he gets raises or, you know, some extra capital comes in, then take, you know, take advantage of both. Um, another thing to consider too, if you have non-qualified dollars or, or monies that are sitting outside of retirement accounts, all of this goes through paychecks, right? Or, or payroll, right? If he's going to do the mega backdoor. And so it's like, okay, well, I can't necessarily afford to, to fully fund the 401k plan because I got to live off of my paycheck. But if he does have some non-qualified money, he might want to sell some of that, put that into cash and live off of that while he fully funds both plans. So it's just another way to get money into the stock plan or, or more money to get into the 401k plan is by using other capital to live off of versus your paycheck. And then you would just, you know, maybe potentially he has no money coming in from his paycheck, but he would live on his, you know, monthly living expenses on other capital. Yeah, I boy, that's a great idea, Joe, because a lot of people don't realize you can basically get your salary, your net salary down to almost nothing, as long as you have other sources to live off of. And then you could potentially accomplish both. And all you've really done by doing that is taking money that would have been in a non-qualified account, getting it through the mega backdoor Roth, and then getting into a Roth IRA. So I, I like that idea. He goes, uh, let's go. Hi, my name's Brandon. I have a wife and three kids. We are 37 and plan to retire at 60. I plan to retire at 60. The wife at 65. I'm an electrician and she's a teacher. We currently make about $100,000 a year and assume that stays the same. Uh, we have 67000 combined in two Roth IRAs and 27000 in a taxable account. We are bare minimum maxing both Roths yearly at $13,000 a year. We bring home $72,000 a year after taxes and spend about fifty dollars to $55,000 a year outside of our investing. She will have a pension of 70 to 75% of her income. I believe paying out thirty dollars to $35,000 a year in Social Security will give us another $2,000 to $2,600 a month if I draw early. My question is... Will that be enough? I do love to travel and our house will be paid for. Um, at 50, what, age 50. Age 50. He's 37. He wants to retire at 60. Man, this guy's a planner, huh? Yeah, he wants the house paid off and save all that extra money. Yeah. Were you doing retirement planning on your, were you doing the little financial summit with, with Annie at 37? Uh, no, <laughs> I was uh, getting by with two kids. <laughs> yeah, this guy's got three kids. He's, he's banging out some Roths. He's got some money saved. He's he's got the spreadsheets going, and then he's listening to us. Yeah, I like I like it. Very yeah. good. Thirty seven. That was that was just a few years ago. I was <laughs> pounding bourbon. Plus a few. Yeah. But my question will be: Is this enough? I'd love to travel, and our house will be paid off at fifty, and may use that money as travel money. I drive a two thousand three Tundra. 
And the drink of choice is it's supposed to be Dos Equis. Is Fos Equis. Fos Equis. Fos Equis. Okay. Um, what do you think that was um, spell I check? I think that's a typo. Yes. Typo. typo. Okay. Well, since the second one is margarita. But In a margarita. That, that would make sense. Uh, thank you for all you do. Sorry if I sent twice. Bad reception. Okay. Well, does he have, does can, he have enough, Al? Can he, can he retire uh, yeah. at, that, at that age? We probably need a little more information. Um, but, I mean, on the surface, I, I like, uh, Brandon, where you're going. I mean, so let's just say your wife brings in 30 to 35. We'll, we'll call that 35. Uh, pension, 2,000 to 2,600. We'll go kind of on the lower end. Let's say 25,000. So that's about 60 grand available. Presumably, uh, let's see, they're they're living... Would you would you sort of surmise, Joe, they bring home seventy two thousand a year after taxes? He says he's and spending then, about fifty to fifty five thousand. Yeah, okay. I was just okay. Good, I I missed that somehow. But yeah, okay, because the thirteen thousand a year comes out of the seventy two. Okay, okay. Well, in terms of current dollars, that seems fine. Of course, it all depends upon inflation. Um, and so let's say uh, I ran this out. Let's say if three and a half percent inflation. Yeah. Right. Let's say over twenty years, it's about one hundred ten thousand dollars. He's going to have um, what? This is at sixty two. He said twenty six hundred dollars a month. Well, he'll retire at sixty, and she at sixty five. Okay, but is that two thousand? That's probably is that yeah. He says two thousand and twenty six hundred a month if I draw early. So, I, uh, that might be sixty two and sixty five, or it could just be sixty two, and he's kind of guessing. So, all right, let's say he needs $50,000 shortfall, right? If I just take his Social Security at $2,000 and her income at $30,000, $110,000 is 55 or fifty grand today, inflated 20 years at 3.5% inflation. So that's the living expense number. His fixed income is going to be her pension at thirty five grand plus Social Security at $24,000. So, you know, I'm just rounding here back in the envelope. Let's say they're short fifty grand. Are we good yeah. with that? Good enough? Yeah, but one one comment: the pension, Social Security, will be indexed with inflation too. Exactly, that's Probably. that's what I mean. Yeah, but let's. So he needs a million, a little over a million, one point three million dollars. So if he's already got sixty seven, he's got about a hundred thousand dollars saved, and he's saving thirteen thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Okay. So let's say he's got twenty five years. So he gets seven percent on the money. At thirteen thousand per year, he's going to have one point four million dollars. There you go. So you're really close, right? So with the amount of money that he has, and depends on a couple of things, right? Th these are all assumptions. So let's say inflation does three and a half percent, and you get seven percent on your money, and you continue to save, you know, the thirteen thousand dollars a year for the next twenty five years, you're going to be really, really close. So I, I think you keep doing what you're doing, but then just make sure that you monitor this stuff. You you you, you take a look at it on an ongoing basis, which I think he does. Is if he's already doing this type of planning, you know, today. Because things change, you just want to you know stay on top of it. Some years you might have to save a little bit more because you didn't get the returns that you thought in the overall market, so you can make up for it that way. Maybe inflation goes sky high like we've had now. Whatever, just keep it steady, keep it simple. And you know the things that you can't control is how much you diversify, how much that you save, and the cost that you're paying within the overall funds that you have, right? And then your discipline. So if you just kind of keep on track with that, I think he's got the right plan. Yeah, and I'll just say. One thing, and that is if inflation 
for your expenses is the same as the inflation increases on Social Security and pension, you're fine because we just calculated that to be sixty thousand, and you're spending fifty-five, right? So we we don't know. We don't have enough information. But but even the way you did it, Joe, which is conservative, take that as a fixed number. Yeah, I think it looks 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 pretty good. All right, keep up the good work, Brandon. Thanks for the email. So now it's your turn. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes, then click Ask Joe and Al on air to get a retirement spitball analysis of your own. Now, at the moment, 43% of the folks who listen to YMYW aren't actually following the show. So if that's you, follow Your Money, Your Wealth in your favorite podcast app so you'll know when Joe and Big Al answer your question. Chris in Scottsdale, Don in Virginia, Rich in NYC, Jeff in San Diego, Sharon, G in Philly, and Jim in Santa Cruz. Listen to next week's episode of YMIW for answers to your questions. The fellows will cover set it and forget it brokerage investments for 30-something investors, real estate as a substitute for bonds in a diversified portfolio, choosing between state pension options, which funds to use to bridge the gap until claiming Social Security, spousal Social Security claiming strategies, and whether or not you have to register for Medicare if you aren't going to use it. We got Mike from California slash Nevada. Hello, Joe, Big Al, and the boss lady, Andy. <laughs> boss lady. All right, boss then. Lady. All right. Love the podcast. Form- informative and very entertaining. I was hoping you would spitball my tax arbitrage. Ooh, big words. Yep. <laughs> I like it. You right. know that one. Yeah, a little arbitrage. Uh, very entertaining, Alan. Very Yes. Both my wife and I are 63, planning to retire at 67, gross income of $150,000, which is up significantly due to recent promotions. Uh, we are doing 10% slash 15% Roth contributions to our 401ks, but we are considering upping the contributions to 20% pre-tax. Our employers match a 4 and 5%. Here's my thought process. We have recently moved to Nevada where my wife took a nice, higher-paying job. I still work in California, slaving away as a chef. All right, chef. I wonder what he's cooking up. Yeah, probably something good, I got to say. Well, he's calling himself a chef instead of yeah. like a, a line cook. <laughs> right, yeah, so he's got to be good. Uh, we anticipate that we will be Nevada residents when we retire. As I see... It, there's no point in paying California 8% marginal tax rate on my 401k contributions when I can pull them out or convert them at the 0% state tax. Also, I anticipate we will be in the 12% federal tax bracket when retired, possibly 15 if the 2017 tax law reverts to prior tax brackets. Our total retirement savings is about a million dollars, pre-tax IRAs, 401ks, plus $100,000 in Roth IRAs and another $200,000 in a taxable brokerage account, which I plan to add to our existing Roth IRAs up to the limits. Seems like a no-brainer to me, but figure I better get another set of eyes on this as I've been spending my time roasting, grilling, sautéing, and stewing, not finance. Um, Our IRDs don't look to be massive. And we could still do some Roth converting if it made sense between 67 and the new RMD age of 73. Uh, She rolls in an inherited 2016 Subaru. And I drive a 2019 Ram 4x4 to the golf course in any body of water that holds fish. Ram 4x4? Yeah. Little fisherman, little golfer. Drink a choice. Here it is. 
Little Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And a stiff gin and tonic. Thanks for the show, Mike. Okay. What do you think here, Big Al? So Damn. he's so he's a California resident, but what are they? So they moved. He said they moved to to Nevada. Well, he's, he's saying he's he, yeah. We recently she moved. moved. To ne- he's still in California at the moment. Well, it's it, it says it says we. we we recently moved to Nevada, where my wife took a higher paying job. I still work in California, so they they have a split return, right? They have California for his income probably because the employers of California and that's essentially where he works and her income is Nevada. So I guess one of the questions is if they do a Roth conversion, what happens? <laughs> or does or, he doesn't even want to do contributions. Yeah. He's like, yeah. You know, if I do Roth contributions in my 401k plan, it's after tax. Yep. So I'm going to pay federal tax in the state of California. Yeah. I'm going to move eventually to Nevada where there's no state tax. So does it make sense? And then, you know, I could take the money out tax-free or convert it state tax-free. Yeah, it could be. And he's going to retire at 67 and the new RMD age is 73. So he would have, call it six years to convert. Um, So yeah, he could do that. Uh, He may actually rather convert some of his regular IRA at that same time. So this would preclude doing it, you know, doing, well, there'd be at least a little bit less of that that he can do and still stay in the same brackets. But I, I mean, Joe, I think that's probably a fine idea. I mean, we're talking just about contribution part. And when he's in Nevada, doesn't have to pay the state tax, you know, by converting. So I'm okay with that. I think Mike is, yeah, he's got to get out of the kitchen here. I, I think he's splitting hairs. Well, true. He's, what he's missing is all right. So it's eight percent on whatever contribution. So if he fully funds this thing, it's a couple thousand dollars. But what he's missing is is this: is that you get the compounding of tax-free growth is going to far outweigh any tax savings today, in my opinion. So he's got right. So would you rather have, you know, eight hundred dollars in a Roth IRA, or would you rather have a thousand dollars in a four hundred one k? I don't know. I would rather have $800 in a Roth IRA because it's going to compound tax-free and I'm going to get 100% of that money out federal and state tax-free once I take distributions. And that $800 today is going to grow compounding for the next five, six, seven, ten 10 years. So I'll never, ever have to worry about taxes again. It takes the uncertainty of taxes off the table, right? So I get it. He's going to move to a state that doesn't have state taxes. So maybe you don't do large conversions, but I would still absolutely contribute. He's in the 12% tax bracket today. Yeah. So there's not much benefit. So I would, I would, so I'm going to disagree just a little bit because the compounding part happens both on regular 401k and Roth 401k. They just go up in the same percentage. And when you take the money out, if you're in a lower tax bracket, because you don't have to pay state tax, in theory, you'll actually do better having it in the taxable 401k. But now go back, going back to your thought, you get it done. You don't think about it. You miss, you don't even miss paying the tax. The market is lower than it was. You're getting stocks perhaps at a discount. Maybe it is a good time to do that. Yeah, I guess that's a pretty good point there too. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think he could go either way. But I, I think once he gets to 67, you know, a lot of things could change too. How about, yeah, I know, right. So, 
There you go. Two different opinions. I would say I would continue to do the Roth contributions. Um, but I would but I would say if the if the 401k regular contributions are saving money in the 12% bracket, well skip that. <laughs> Put it into the Roth. Right. Well, what did he say his income was? 150 or 110? Oh yeah, gross, gross income of gross income of 150. Yeah. So he's probably in the 22% bracket then. Yeah, but not much, right? You got the standard deduction and then you got nine. He's right there. Maybe what, twenty fifteen thousand dollars is in the 22? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you want to, if you want to reduce the 22% bracket, then you could do some, some regular 401k, some Roth 401k. Yeah. Yeah. So then you would look at brackets. This is, I think from, from a federal standpoint, I would look at the brackets and say, do we fully fund the 401ks to keep us out of the 22? Because he said he's going to be in the 12 or 15 in retirement. Well, then you don't do Roth at all. Then you fully fund the 401k plan to keep you at you know, then you save at the 22 and then you pull the money out at a 12 or 15. That's the arbitrage. But I don't know. I wouldn't trip over, you know, <laughs> dollars to pick up pennies on the state tax or on the contribution standpoint. But if he was going to do a lot larger conversions, then yes, of course you want to hold off. So I guess it kind of changed my mind there. And well, plus and you'd be, we let, let's say he's paying 22% tax plus California eight. So he's paying 30%, right? Which is a yeah. better deduction than for sure. Then later on when he could convert it at 12%. Yeah. And then he's saying, Hey, we're going to have a million dollars. And then, so when we take it out, um, it's going to be with, with, with I'm now I'm getting a couple of people. Mis- <laughs> but well, all I, right. I, I think we gave him some good ideas. We got Brent, the fan from Bennington, Nebraska, New England, Nebraska. I think Brent so. has emailed us before in the last couple of weeks, but he didn't call himself Brent, the fan. Brent, That's the new. fan. Okay, cool. Brent, the fan. Bennington, Nebraska. Bennington. All right. Hey, guys. Can you spitball for me? Damn right, Brent, the fan, we can. (laughs) My wife and I are 35 years old. One, two, yow, daughter. Uh, We spend about $90,000 a year. I make $500,000 a year. My wife makes $100,000 a year. You add that two together, Al. That's a pretty big number. That's a big number. Six hundred. Good for you. I am a ten ninety nine. Well, she is a W two. Is that how you refer yourself? <laughs> I'm a ten ninety nine. Yep, and she's a W two. <laughs> go to a little cocktail party. Yeah. What are you? W two. <laughs> I'm a ten ninety nine. What's up? Is that what you do? First question. Yeah, the cocktail party. Yeah. Ten ninety nine. Yeah, ten ninety nine. You kind of look like a ten ninety nine. That's kind of risky behavior. You WT kind of more <laughs> steady, slow as she goes. I know. We are savers. Fire people. Oh boy. Financial independence retire early. Oh yeah. Ten ninety nine er. Yeah. I save about two hundred eighty thousand dollars a year. Wow. I've never saved that much. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the people making a lifetime. Uh, we, uh, we currently, we, wow, I've never seen that much. That's big Al talking. He's got the <laughs> biggest wallet I've ever seen. Uh, That's a little rich for even me. <laughs> I'm a 1099. Oh God, I keep going back to that. That's funny. All right. We currently have $1.1 million, uh, in net worth, uh, $320,000 in a joint account, 370,000 in 401ks, 120,000 in Roths, 40,000 in HSAs. Okay. All right. I max out the employee and employer portion of my solo 401k, uh, close to 60 grand, all pre-tax. My wife maxes out her 401k pre-tax. So I'll call that 20 grand. So that's 80,000 pre-tax. 
The rest goes into two backdoor Roths, HSA, and our joint brokerage account. With our income where it is, we figure we better take advantage of the full tax write-offs. All the pre-tax 401k stuff, now rather than do the Roth 401ks. I really like how you guys recommend inflating your expenses to the year you plan to retire. We would like to retire in our mid-40s. Do you guys think we should be taking this tax deduction now and paying taxes later? Or are we screwing up and setting ourselves up for a huge tax bill down the road for ourselves and kids? Thanks so much. Love you guys. Or love you too, Brent the fan. <laughs> um, okay, this is interesting. He saves a ton of money. Yeah, he does. So let's let's do some simple math, Al. Okay. So he's got non-qualified account. He's got $320,000 in a non-qualified account. And let's just assume he saves $200,000 in the $320,000. Because we already assumed he's saving eighty thousand dollars pre-tax, right? Okay, fair enough. Yep. Is, the, want... is the eighty? Yeah. Okay. Got it. So it's two eighty, eighty thousand retirement accounts pre-tax, two hundred after tax. I'm with you. Yep. Okay. So if I look at eighty two hundred thousand dollars a year saved for the next ten years, yeah, and then you have a um, a balance of three hundred twenty thousand dollars, and let's sure. say you get seven percent return on that, it's going to be what? Three million, three yeah. and a half million. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. 3.5. 3.5. 3, 3, 3. I agree. Okay. So that's at 45. Now he wants to retire so he can live off the non qualified accounts because he can't necessarily touch his 401ks and IRAs and things sure. like that till 59 and a half. You can have access to it early, but I'm not going to get in that role. So he's saving $80,000 a year into that, right? Yep. And so over the next 10 years, he's got $300,000 in that plan, or actually a little bit more. But he saves eighty thousand. He gets a seven percent rate of return at age forty-five. The IRAs or the the retirement accounts, the pre-tax retirement accounts, could be a million and a half to two million bucks. Yeah. Okay. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would say yeah, yeah, million, million and a half, something like that. Okay. Yep. So he's only forty-five. Let's say you have two million dollars or a million dollars and a half he's got another 15 years until he's going to touch that money mm -hmm. so At he least. could have four and a half five million dollars in a retirement account of course all hypothetically sure this yeah. is just totally a spitball yeah right? this right. is a big juicy one right <laughs> he's going to have several million dollars in a retirement account at age 60. So the question he's asking is that, all right, well, am I messing up? Should I be taking the tax deduction today or should I be paying taxes down the down the road? The, the, the unanswerable question is, who knows what the hell tax rates are going to be in 25 years from now? But do you think they're going to be higher or do you think they're going to be lower than they are today? Because you're going to have a boatload of money in a retirement account by the time you're 60. And if the rules kind of play out as the same, He's going to be in a very high tax bracket just based on the RMDs. And if he dies and his goes to his wife and so on and so forth. So running some math like that, I would say you probably want to take advantage of some Roth because you're going to get super compounding tax-free growth forever. So I would say take the tax break at age 45, start doing Roth conversions while you're in lower brackets, right? But the only, re the only reason I would depart from that is the market's lower than it was a year ago. So maybe 
you do some Roth right now while the market's slow, you invest in equities, you let it grow with the market. But I think that's what, if you truly retire it in your forties, that's probably what I would do. Take the tax deduction now and then start converting like crazy when you retire between then until age 60 or even 70. Very logical advice or very logical spitball there, Big Al. Yeah, yeah. But I would do that. I would I, I would go Roth all the way. You're not going to miss the, 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 the tax deduction. The guy makes 700, 600 grand a year. He saves 280,000 bucks. Yeah. Right? That's a ton of cash. Yeah. What I would much rather have $80,000 each year compounding for me tax free at age 35 because by the time I'm 45 and 50, I'm going to go back to my younger self and say, "Damn, good job. You are the smartest guy in the world. Look at all this cash I have. 100% tax free, sheltered from the IRS. Who knows what the hell tax rates are going to be?" I don't know. Everything won't, might be free at that point, and there's no tax. <laughs> or tax rates could be at 90%. You're taking the uncertainty of future taxes off the table. Yeah, and there is logic in that approach, too. Rent the fan. Go rock. All right, got to take a break. Or is that it? That's, we done. That's it. We're done. That's it. All right. Thank you all for another wonderful week. We will see you again next week. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We got plenty of drinks in the derails along with Keegan the Irish Setter and his plant, so stick around. Help new listeners find YMYW by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for Your Money, Your Wealth in Apple Podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule your free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Basement fridge. Yeah. Yeah, I got a garage fridge. You got a garage. It's, basement's probably better. It stays colder. No, I don't know. I, I, I'm... <laughs> are you familiar with either of the beers? Uh, no. Me neither. Controlled Chaos, West Coast IPA. How about you, Andy? Is that nope. your... I, I'm not an IPA person, but Hell Lager sounds pretty interesting from Surly Brewing Company. <laughs> yeah, sure. I've heard of Surly Brewing. Have you? Okay. Um, yeah, Hell Lager. Um, I don't know if I would enjoy a Hell Lager. <laughs> I, I would say you probably would like that more than the West Coast IPA, just knowing you. The Controlled Chaos? Mm -hmm. I do like Controlled Chaos. Yeah, but you know. better than Hell. You don't like the words, the letters <laughs> IPA. Yeah. I had a little Japanese bourbon over the weekend. You did? You, did you like it? I did. I Yeah, it was smooth. Okay. Um, or maybe it was whiskey. But I, I really okay. don't know the difference between what, what, bourbon. One of those one, families. Yeah. Well, I think one's, one's aged I, more or something. One's well, I think, I think scotch and whiskey are similar. Uh, bourbon. I don't know. I, I'm not a big drinker either. Although I, I've had some rum recently being in Hawaii uh, in Mai Tais. Yeah. And and just show for your edification, I have not had a Mai Tai today, so I should be <laughs> crystal clear. Should be in my thinking. But we'll see. Well, only time will tell. All right. Um, okay. Bourbon is always whiskey, but whiskey is not always bourbon. There yeah. you go. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, I like them both. <laughs> Sierra Nevada, pal. I know. Never really cared for that beer. 
You know, it's funny you would say that. I actually never cared for that either. I do like the Sierra Nevada Hazy IPA, but I've not acquired a taste for this one. Yeah. Like I said, I, I could go for a stiff gin and tonic right right now. <laughs> Jay, your tastes are skewing more hard liquor the longer we do this show. I know. It's, yeah, it's terrible. It's just bringing me to... Maybe you should maybe bring me people, to the depths of darkness. People should tell us their favorite non-alcoholic drink, and then <laughs> it'll get you in a better place of frame of mind. No. Joe's gonna have everybody drinking Sunkist and gin and tonics. <laughs> no. Did you Google Fossey Quist? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a special new drink. It could be F O S and then E Q U I S. All right. <laughs> I think Andy Sunch is probably right then. Those seconds, okay. So we got two clocks here going, Big Al. We got Aaron's clock that says two minutes and 52 seconds. We got Andy's at 41 seconds. <laughs> if you yeah, want to keep this to six minutes, dump out in 30 seconds. Let's go with Andy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for all you do. Sorry if I sent twice bad reception. What does that mean? We did actually get the email twice. Bad reception? So I, I think he like hit bad the, Wi-Fi. I, yeah. I think he hit the submit button twice and wasn't sure if it went through the first time. Just needed this get through i get yeah. it yeah right jumping out the bit have keegan in iris setter at home see the picture oh very nice yeah that oh. is one cute dog i gotta say I- i'm just curious what the hell is it sitting in front of it a <laughs> beautiful plant is that a plant uh, yeah that's a plant it looks yeah like- it looks like ivy or something yeah. over a wall maybe i don't know i don't know kind of looks like if my cousin it was a plant <laughs> You'll be able to find this in the podcast show notes, by the way. You just put a hat and some Thank sunglasses you, Nick, on Thank you, Nick, for yeah. sending us a picture of Keegan. It could be a giant St. Patrick's Day hat. <laughs> I don't know. What kind of plant is that? I wonder what he's growing there. Well, that's another question. <laughs>